What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to your Tuesday morning waiver wire show. A very strange Tuesday morning because the week is not over yet. Get ready for Tuesday night football. And you can actually hang out and watch it with us. We'll give you some waiver wire help and watch a later portion of the game on Twitch tonight. Twitch.com slash FF today, 8 p.m. Eastern. Twitch.com slash FF today. What's going on? Adam Azer here with Dave Richard. And Jamie Eisenberg. I'm wondering if I had a good week. You know, I looked at my seven CBS leagues. I went four and three. It was fine. I lost to Heath in two leagues, though. So that's kind of a bad week for me. I feel like I'm going to hear about that. When you saw the scores, what noise did you make? Uh, (laughs) What noise did I make? Mm -hmm. Probably like a uh, one of these. Um, (laughs) Or a... (laughs) Yeah, that no, was bad. I, I I don't know why. What noise should I have made, Dave? I think he uh, made the same noises. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably what it was. I was like, oh, I lost the Heath. Uh, yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Well, at least it's not on the show today. Maybe he'll forget about it by Wednesday. How are you guys? Good luck with that. I'm good. Happy Chase Claypool Day to you. Yes. Same to you, Jamie. Happy. Don't pick up a running back on waivers this week. Day to you. It's brutal, baby. It's brutal. Yeah. How well, dare you talk that way about J.D. McKissick? A lot of catches. Um, Madison, Justin Jackson, they're rostered in more than 65% of leagues. Maybe they are available. We got four teams on a bye. Seattle, Vegas, the Chargers, and Hopefully the Hopefully only four teams on a bye. Yeah, right, I think. <laughs> that, that seems right as of now. <laughs> Who are the top priorities, J.B., this week? Oh, the Dolphins. Let's go Dolphins. Uh, Chase Claypool should be the number one receiver added unless you can find Michael Hardman um, because he's going to get a big opportunity now with Sammy Watkins not there for the Chiefs. But obviously Claypool coming off the four touchdown game should be the number one player added. Just don't go crazy with your fab budget because we don't know what's going to be the injury status of Deontay Johnson. Uh, But Ryan Fitzpatrick, great matchup against the Jets. He's playing well from a fantasy perspective. Dolphins DST. They get the Jets. So take advantage of that matchup. And then there are, it's mostly the receivers. I mean, you know, you look at Christian Kirk, he's starting to play well. You look at Preston Williams, get the Jets coming off a big game. Uh, but it's, it's not a great week of uh, waiver wiring. You've been complaining about the waiver wire for the last couple of weeks. We've hit rock bottom. This is rock bottom for the waiver wire and hopefully will only be the worst week of the season in week six. First of all, I, I wouldn't say I was complaining about it. I, I kind of, I don't mind when the waiver wire is not great. Because uh, then I don't, you know, have Less to sp- work for you. Well, it's not he's that. He's thinking through that he's about to say something that he's going to regret. <laughs> no, I don't think so, Jamie. He usually just blurts stuff out all the time that he ends up regretting. No, he's, he's about to say, I don't, I don't want to. Yes, exactly. I don't want to have to make waiver wire moves, but most people do. No, it's not that. It's that, like, you know, you get a guy like Dearness Johnson and you feel like you have to pick him up. But you also know in the back of your mind you could be wasting your fab and wasting your time and wasting a roster spot and dropping somebody that's better than him. Because the waiver wire is always filled with uncertainty. And you get these weeks where it looks great. You get a guy like, oh, Carlos Hyde. And then he doesn't even end up playing. So I I don't mind when the waiver wire is not so great because a lot of, uh, let's just face it, a lot of waiver wire ads are bad. And I don't have to necessarily worry about that this week. 
Plus, the sure. quarterback list is pretty good, and I think I'm going to be more aggressive with quarterbacks this week. I want everybody to look ahead to your quarterback's bye week. Even if you don't need someone this week, just have someone for your quarterback's bye week so you're not competing that week. You know, get ahead of the game. Maybe you're talking about just the bye week. Don't you want to have a second quarterback just in case your starting quarterback's game gets postponed? It's a great point. It's a great point. So, um, yeah, quarterback could be a good – it's just there's not the, the high-end yeah. running back this week, so it might be a sure. quarterback week. But but the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys for the rest of the season is now on the waiver wire. Yes. Yeah. So would you go with Fitzpatrick or Dalton? I'm going with Dalton. Oh, I'd go Fitzpatrick. You're going to go with the guy that's eventually going to get benched versus the guy who's absolutely the starter for Dallas the rest of the way? Is is Fitzpatrick going to get benched? At some point, he will. At some point, he might. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. But I think, you you know, first off, you're hearing that uh, Tua's having a hard time picking up the offense. Second, I would imagine that if things go the way the season has gone for each of these respective teams, the Dolphins are three and three after week six. And so you're really going to take away, uh, take Ryan Fitzpatrick off the field when you're not putting yourself in playoff contention. I think they're doing their their organization a disservice by not playing Tua. But if you're winning games, everybody loves Fitzpatrick in that building, including Brian, For- Brian Flores. And so if they're going to stay in play- in the playoff hunt, uh, which they will be after you know this week, it's hard to take Fitzpatrick off the field. It's a good argument. I just like the receivers around Andy Dalton better. I like the play calling around Andy Dalton better. And I if think it's the, the same longevity. I, yeah, I guess that's a fair point. Do you really? They're not going to call as many RPOs, I would imagine, with Andy Dalton. No, but it could be. Here you go, Zeke. You're getting 50 carries a week. Yeah. Well, Fitzpatrick. I mean, the Dolphins have lost to two undefeated teams and the Patriots, so I think he deserves a bit of a leash. Uh, it seems like all their problems are pinned on him at times, and you know, well, I, it's, if not, they, it's not that their problems are pinned on him. I know where you're, you're going. Well, they with have that, been, Adam, you know, like the Seattle game. Yeah. Well. It's, it's more it's more a byproduct of what's looking over his shoulder. It, it's, you know, a, a top five overall pick that everybody's waiting to see, especially after you're watching Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and what those guys have done, more so Herbert uh, of late. But, you know, I think you look at what, uh, what, what the outlook is for this team, and it's if you can get into the playoffs, you're not going to put two out there. Exactly. So, yeah, that's what I was saying. I, 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 I know I said to some people this weekend that is there such thing as a bad win? Because had they lost that game to San Francisco, it's probably going to be Tua. Right. So isn't that what's going to happen after every loss? Provided that like they don't go on like a three-game winning streak and then lose. Like if they lose this week, I know it sounds crazy. How could they lose to the Jets? But, you know, things no, happen. They, they, just the, they just beat the 49ers. If they, if they, all right, fine. If they, no, no, look, if they lose this week, they're going into their bye in week seven. It's a good chance we see Tua. But his hip is apparently not right. And. He's just not. He just appears not to be ready. And this is a relevant conversation because you just lost Dak Prescott, or maybe you just need a quarterback. And let's face it, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he was bad against the Patriots in Week One. That was the only time he hasn't scored twenty or more points. He scored twenty-four or more fantasy points in eight of his last eleven games, going back to two thousand nineteen. This guy uh, is not just a laughing stock when it comes to fantasy. He runs the ball. He's insane. He takes hits. It's fun. It's great. I love it. And he's got a beautiful matchup this week against the Jets, who actually only give up. They're 11th against quarterbacks, but I don't think anyone is buying that. All right, that's enough on Ryan Fitzpatrick. More on him a little bit later. So Chase Claypool, um, we have to talk about Alexander Madison, first of all. 72% roster. Dalvin Cook might play this week. They have Atlanta this week. They have a bye next week. So you would think it looks like a one at most one week, based on what we're seeing right now, at most one week for Madison. But... Do you feel like he's just needs to be like he's seventy two percent rostered? How rostered should he be tomorrow? One hundred and fifty percent. Okay. <laughs> okay. If he if uh, yeah. he starts this week, he's the top five running back. Yes, without hesitation. But yeah. do you go do you go Claypool or Madison? Right Madison now? without a doubt. But why? You might not. You might get nothing. I would take the one week win, even if he doesn't. On the chance that he may not play, knowing that I'm still going to get that possibility, I would still spend the money on Madison because. A, you're talking about if he does play this week, if, if if he does start this week, he is much more of a must-start option than Claypool. And B, have you seen Dalvin Cook? He gets hurt a lot. Yes. Yes, he does. Okay. If Deontay Johnson plays, there's, there's a very likely chance that Chase Claypool sees five targets. I got to tell you, it's such a, it's a much easier conversation when it comes to waiver claims. You just put in the waiver claim in for Madison ahead of Claypool. That's easy. But you're saying spend more in fab on Madison than on Claypool. 
Okay. Okay. I uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I'd have you're to chasing Claypool's best game if you're spending more fab on and him. And I'm chasing Alexander Madison for what I hope is one at least one game. But there might not even be one game. Might if, not. I, if I drop, well, because we don't know if Dalvin Cook's been ruled out. No, yet. you're right. It might not. You're 100 right. Yeah, so if I'm going to spend a big gamble. chunk of my right, so if I'm spending a big chunk of my fab for a guy who's going to end up being the backup running back this week, that doesn't seem like a good use of my fab. I hope. But we get about there's him. also the Vikings bye next week. What have we seen with the Packers going into their bye week? With the Saints going into their bye week? Dude, what have I we agree seen with you teams? on this. I hope, I, but okay, fine. Wait, I don't agree that's, with you. I don't agree with you on the Saints. Jared eh, Cook played. Jared Cook sure played. Michael Thomas punched someone. I agree with you, Jamie. So it's it's one game of Madison. I'm thinking. First of all, I'm thinking the fab that is going to be spent on Claypool that's fair should be somewhere between twenty and twenty five percent. So if I'm going to spend that much on Claypool and I'm going to spend it, do I spend it on Claypool and have whatever he'll be for the rest of the year? Too much on Claypool. I, it, well, I'll get into my theory on that when we get to Claypool. But we're on Claypool. <laughs> no, we're on Madison versus Claypool. Okay, but I do want to know how you feel because I understand no, how no, you no, all feel about finish. Madison. It, you're, it's, it's literally potentially one game of Alexander Madison for a quarter of your fab who, who should be great in the game versus rest of the season with Claypool. I I. I I have a hard, I actually have a hard time spending a quarter of my fab on both these guys, given the circumstances. But uh, whatever, it's probably it comes down to what you need and how badly you need a running back this week. Adam Adam Schefter just tweeted this morning. One thing to consider with Dalvin Cook and his groin injury: Vikings host the Falcons on Sunday, then have a bye. Cook could miss one game and have two weeks to recover. So let's work under the assumption that Madison will will be the starter this week. But that might be it. That might be it. I don't care. You're buying a win. You pay for a win. Well, okay, but that's the thing. Like, if you're four and one, I think this really, like, the way I'm hearing it from Jamie is he's not really, Jamie doesn't really feel like Chase Claypool is going to have a huge impact. That's that's the rest of the season. I think he's going to have a good impact if Deontay Johnson misses significant time. If he misses a few weeks, Claypool will be good. But if Deontay Johnson's back, there's still too many mouths to feed in this offense. And so you're not going to get 11 targets for Claypool. You're not going to get four touchdowns from Jay Claypool. I'll go out on a limb and say this was the most touchdowns he's going to score in a game this season. Call me crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think you're getting a good player. His pedigree suggests that he's a better player than Deontay Johnson based on draft capital. And you look at the way that he plays, the comp for him is, is a guy like Calvin Johnson. You know, that's the type of player that he mirrors in terms of his size, his speed, and his athleticism. And so if you're talking about what the upside could be, he could be fantastic. But I don't think Juju is going to continue to be this bad. I don't think Eric Ebron is going to drop passes and not be involved. I don't think Deontay Johnson is going to come back and go to the bench. You're still going to get James Conner catching the ball in the backfield, and you're still going to get some uh, shots for James Washington. So this was the Chase Claypool week. He had it. He was a monster. But if you're chasing that by spending too much fab on him, I think you're going to be mistaken. So you're saying people shouldn't chase Claypool. That's right. (laughs) How much fab would you guys... By the way, Jamie, I agree with a lot of what you said there, but... You just said that you don't think Eric Ebron is going to continue to drop passes. So that, yeah, that, that, that I can't. <laughs> Sorry. Not trying to get behind that. Like one. this is this is who's taking Eric Ebron off the field, and the Steelers would be nuts at this point to not play Chase Claypool, even if he's just running around to nowhere. To, to take oh, he's playing. I mean, he's, he's such, not like he's not playing. He's, such, he's going to be such a problem for defenses now after this game. He's going to be on the radar of everybody that they play, but he he's got it. it they would be ridiculous if they only limit him to, you know, 30 to 40% of the snaps per game moving forward. They've got to get him on the field more. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have to throw to him more, but they probably should do that too. He's actually Agreed. very efficient when he's played. Yeah. Basically, he's been, he's been good and it, it goes before you even open your eyes to week five. He's been pretty good. Well, and I can get into that. Is, is this Claypool time now, Adam, well, or not? Well, yeah, but here's like he's been good. He had one big play. He was very uninvolved uh, before week five. He had one long touchdown catch where he broke a tackle and ran away. But, but that's part of his game. Yeah, I, I am concerned if I don't pick up Claypool that I'd be making the mistake I made with with uh, T Higgins. But then again, you know AJ Green seemingly wants out and. You know, he's not really a thing. Like, I don't know how Claypool emerges the way Higgins has, but I, I was like, eh, I don't know. I'm not chasing this game from Higgins. And now it really seems like he's a must own. Okay. Must the roster. good news is Claypool's already been playing a lot of snaps, at least 50 snaps each of the last two games. And he played 61 snaps against Houston in week three. And that was his only game 
on the year where PFF didn't grade him into the high 80s, which is rare to see. Every other game he's played in, his grade for overall and for receiving has been in the high 80s. How is that? Like, so PFF likes what he sees. But what they, they haven't see, done but. anything. I mean, that's that like... What were his stats it, it, before it's everything this game? That it's, it's the routes that he's running. It's his ability to get open. It's it's more than just... I know this doesn't matter for stats, but he's playing well, and the Steelers are obviously buying in, and they have bought in before week five. The thing, the thing you got to keep in mind, I'll say this again. This was the first four games of his career with no preseason and no, uh, no full offseason worth of work. He's only going to continue to get better as a player, but you just don't want to chase the stats that he had in week five because that's the mistake. So okay. you should absolutely try to get him if you're first on waivers and there is no Alexander Madison and there is no player that you think is better than him depending on what you need, then he should be added just for the speculation alone. I don't want to downplay what Chase Claypool could become. The biggest thing, though, I think is, will he be a startable fantasy wide receiver anytime soon or just a guy that you may end up cutting in three weeks is Deontay Johnson's injury? Because I don't think Johnson is going to come back and say, okay, Chase Claypool just did this. You're now on the bench. He was their target leader through the first three weeks of their season. And so Deontay Johnson is going to have a significant role. Juju is still going to have a significant role and the best of Juju is still ahead. Whether he lives up to his draft status or not, there's a different conversation. He's still going to be a significant part of this offense. And so now you have three receivers in this offense, plus the tight end, plus the running back, plus a fourth receiver who will still get three or four targets a game in James Washington. So if Chase Claypool is going to be eight to 10 targets on a week to week basis, he is a must play and a must stone. But can you make that justification no. based on one game where their target leader got hurt versus the three games that they played when Deontay Johnson led them in targets and Claypool wasn't as much of a factor. So yeah. it's not really necessarily about adding him. He should be the top player added of the guys that we talk about in the range that we usually consider, 65% of leagues or uh, 65 roster percentage or less. But if Madison is there, even if Deontay Johnson is out, you are starting Alexander Madison over Dalvin Cook and what happens if Dalvin Cook gets hurt later on in the season? That guy could win you your league. Mm-hmm. There's there's a huge disparity in what these two guys can do for your fantasy teams. So I, I think the last point is what's the number for Fab and yeah. how much you're willing to spend. And what I thought of before the podcast was go back into your league transactions, see how much Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins went for on Fab. And whatever that number is, add 5%. And that should get it done for Claypool. Jefferson went for too much if you're talking about this because I, I'm, I'm in two leagues where Jefferson went for 17 and 16. That's so, the range. That's right. what I would spend on on Claypool too. And I think if you want to make sure you get Claypool, you got to add five percent. If you're if you're not sure, then stick with under 20 percent, which I think is fine. I think it's fine. Uh, would you? How much would you spend then on Madison? If you need him this week, oh, I'd spend I'd spend up to fifty. I mean, you know, especially if you're you know one and four, two and three, you know, mm-hmm. you need to get yourself a win. I would spend it all if I had Cook and not Madison. And, and, and don't on the waiver wire. Don't don't forget, you never want to factor in trades when you're making draft picks or, or transactions like this. You could then turn Madison into a, a trade with the Dalvin Cook fantasy manager because he's going to be desperate or she's going to be desperate. You know, so there is an easy trade partner when you're picking up a player like this. It's the same thing like Mike Davis with Christian McCaffrey, as we've been saying the last couple of weeks. Look at the Christian McCaffrey fantasy manager and see if maybe that person would take Mike Davis off your hands because that person is going to be desperate for the replacement. And you saw what Madison could do. I mean, he played less than a half and he had over 100 yards rushing. You know, yeah. this, this system is fantastic and he's a star. I wish he was on a different team to see him run more. Yeah, it reminds me so much of Latavius Murray last year. You got two games out of Latavius Murray and they might have been enough to put you in the playoffs. You probably won if you had Latavius Murray. He was just incredible in those two games. Um, what if Justin Jackson's out there? Uh, Justin Jackson may have taken the starting job from Josh Kelly. He had a much, much better game than Josh Kelly. He had mm-hmm. five catches. Kelly only had one. 15 carries for 71 yards at New Orleans. Kelly, to be fair, it seemed like most of the time he got the ball. Uh, there was a Saints defender like right next to him immediately. But that still. offensive line was bad. Yeah, but but Jackson but made, made Jackson. the most of it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Jack, what do Jack, you think? Jackson had a little bit more of the uh, better play calling, it looked like, you know, especially on uh, some of the, the draw plays for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think you look at this way. Um, if they were playing this week, Jackson's priority level would be higher. The fact that they're on a buy, you probably get him a little bit cheaper. Uh, but yes, absolutely. He should be the, the second running back added. If he's available, he should be the first running back added. If he can't get Madison, uh, he's just above the threshold of the, the guys we usually talk about. He's at 66 roster percentage right now. 
So, you know, if he's out there, he's, he's, I would take him over, um, Chase Claypool as well. Okay. And Eckler is on IR, so he'll miss at least two more games. Um, all right. So that's, uh, that's four players, basically. Ryan Fitzpatrick, also Dolphins DST could be really good. Madison and Jackson, if they're available. And I think Chase Claypool really needed to be discussed in depth. You need to know what we expect from him rest of season and why maybe you shouldn't go too crazy over Chase Claypool. Um, it's all downhill from here on the waiver wire this week. Um, yeah. I checked to see if Nico Hardman is available too. Right. Yeah. I, 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 sure, I love sure, the sure. setup for him. I would take him over Claypool, to be honest, just because who his quarterback is, what his role is going to be now. Sammy Watkins could miss weeks. That's the report. If you tell me the same thing with Deontay Johnson, then it's Claypool easily. But I think just knowing the fact that now you're going to get Nico Hardman on the field and what his outlook could be with Patrick Mahomes, my goodness, give me that. In a two quarterback league, how much fab on Andy Dalton? Could be all a of it. humongous, humongous, chunk of it. right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and easily ahead of Claypool, easily ahead of Hardman. It would be by it, far. I, there's no way Madison's going to be on the waiver wire in a two quarterback super flex type league like this. But if he were, uh, I'd have a hard time spending the same amount on Madison as on Dalton. Dalton in any two quarterback or super flex league should be the number one player to add. I mean, it just goes without question. You know, you're you're getting the Cowboys starting quarterback, and so. Uh, like Dave said, it, you know, he gets all of these weapons. Hopefully the offense doesn't change much. The thing that concerns me, not too much. Well, the thing that concerns me about this team is Dak Prescott can overcome the offensive line woes. Yeah. I don't know if Andy Dalton will because of the mobility. And so yeah. now you're looking at no tackles <laughs> from where they started with mm-hmm. Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins out. And as great as these receivers are, is Dalton going to have time when the matchups get tougher? I don't think this is the week because the Cardinals are now down Chandler Jones. So he should have the opportunity for a good game. Great game, I'm not sure. Good game, hopefully. But moving forward, if he's going to be under duress, we've seen that's when Andy Dalton tends to struggle. And so it's going to be a lot of creative play calling from Kellen Moore, a lot of creative moving from Andy Dalton, and hopefully it's these receivers making plays. So uh, I'm I'm certainly uh, concerned about the offensive line when it comes to Andy Dalton versus Dak Prescott. You know what you're going to see? A lot more pass blocking by Dalton Schultz and their tight ends. Probably. Could be. Could be. He's a loser in this whole thing. Yes. Andy Dalton. I'm trying to think of another team, by the way, that has a player, a receiver with the first name that is also the last name of its quarterback. Andy Dalton, Dalton Schultz. Like, I don't think the Bills have an Allen. So just something to think about for all of you sitting at home with nothing to do. Uh, I mentioned this yesterday, but Dalton, just back to 2018, had was having a good year. His first eight games when A.J. Green was healthy. He was on pace for 4,200 yards and 34 touchdowns. Green was on pace for almost 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns. Tyler Boyd was on pace for over 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. So we have seen in the very recent history of Andy Dalton being able to carry two wide receivers, two must-start wide receivers. I don't know if he'll have three or anything like that, but you know, mm-hmm. you could do worse than Andy Dalton if you have uh, those Cowboys wide receivers. All right, guys. We got a lot to get to here. Um, first of all, Dave, you, know, you feel like you're always on. All right, it's football season. Uh, yeah. You're working all the time. You, you got to, you know, oh, poor us. We got to talk about football. But you're always on. Do you ever feel like you need a moment to chill, Dave Richard? Because if you do, you should grab a Coors Light. I want to tell you about my moment to chill this weekend, Adam. It okay. was Sunday afternoon, right around 3 o'clock Eastern time. So everybody enjoys their Sundays. You wake up, you have a little breakfast, spend time with the family. Maybe you go to church or what have you, you come back home, you tune into fantasy football today on CBS sports HQ. You watch us talk about fantasy. You get your lineup set and you go and you plop on the couch. Well, while you're doing all that stuff in the morning, we're preparing for our shows. I don't know about Jamie and Heath and everybody else, but I'm up early making sure my notes are in order. And then I've got to sit in my chair, in my living room, in my house to make sure that I'm delivering the fantasy analysis that I'm asked to do. That's my Sunday morning from about 8 a.m. until 1 p.m. That's a lot of work, man. It's a lot of energy to get out there and, and, and put on the internets. And so then I've got to go and watch football. And for a lot of people, watching football is fun and easy, but I've got to stay on top of at least two games at a time, making sure that I know exactly what's going on around the National Football League. It's even harder for some of my other colleagues. And then I finally get to that point where I feel like I'm on top of everything that's going on. And I I just go into my fridge, grab out a Coors Light and go sit on my couch. And that's when my Sunday starts because I'm able to just have that moment to unwind. I feel great. 
and I can just relax. And Coors Light is it's it's such an easy beer to drink because there's it's it just it it tastes good. It's perfect when it's cold, and there's no aftertaste that really like makes you want to puke after. So that's always a good thing when it comes to your beer, always not good. making you want to puke. And Coors Light happens to have that. So when you need to hit that reset button, when you're having a hectic day or a hectic week, and you know it's, it's people driving you crazy or it's work staying on top of you, asking you to do this and do that, just take the time, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And that's Coors Light. And now you can even get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door. You go to get.coorslight.com and they bring the Coors Light to you. I'm going to do that next Sunday. Then I don't even have to leave the house. Yeah, they'll bring it right to your chair, Dave. Get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Okay, news and notes. Well, you know about Dalvin Cook. Groin injury, might be able to play. Maybe not. Atlanta this week, then bye. Keenan Allen's on a bye. He left with a back injury. We have to be at least a little interested in Mike Williams. Baker Mayfield's going to be monitored at practice this week. He has ribs ribs injuries, injured ribs, and he is looking to score 18 fantasy points for the fifth game in a row as he faces the Steelers, who have given up 20 to 22 fantasy points four games in a row. Um, Sammy Watkins expected to miss a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury at Buffalo. That game is actually going to be played on Monday. No Thursday night football this week. Weird. Christian McCaffrey unlikely to play this week. Adam Gase could give up play calling duties. Le'Veon Bell and AJ Green might. Yeah, I know. Le'Veon Bell and AJ Green might want a trade. AJ Green may have been seen on the sideline going, trade me. And Le'Veon Bell liked a tweet that said the Jets should trade him or something like that. So interesting. Um, Deontay Johnson. What do you get for those guys. No. Uh, the Jets would make that trade in a heartbeat. AJ Green for uh, Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> AJ Green will be like, uh, I'm out. Hamstring. Yeah. AJ Green dogged it so badly on an interception. He he just decided he did not want to tackle the defender. It was pretty bad. Or go up for the ball. Yeah, it was it was a it was bad. It was really bad. Would you agree that the only reason to keep AJ Green at this point is to see how he does once he's traded? Oh, you mean for a fantasy team? Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably. As long as he's on the Bengals, who could who could want him now? <laughs> uh, Deontay Johnson, back injury. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, he's uncertain for this week. DJ Chark, what do we think? Any idea? He left late with an ankle injury. Um, yeah, we don't know how severe it is. Okay. Teams are now going to be tested on game day for COVID. Atlanta owner Arthur Blank did not fully commit to Matt Ryan beyond this year. Interesting. Richard Sherman is not going to play this week, but the 49ers could get Emmanuel Mosley back as they face the Rams on Sunday night. All right. Do you have any feeling whatsoever about whether or not these guys are going to play? Cam Newton, Drew Locke, Kyle Allen, Sam Darnold. Those quarterbacks? Kyle Allen, it seems as if he's going to start. That was the mm-hmm. report. Uh, Cam Newton is will will have been past 10 days, so hopefully he's going to be okay. But that's something you got to keep an eye on. Uh, Drew Locke should play. He was going to play in week five. Uh, who was the other one you asked about? Darnold. I don't uh, think Darnold's playing. Darnold, if I was him, I would not play again. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, not for at least a couple more It might be a different play caller, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, get rid of Adam Gase. Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones. Uh, I, I expect Adams. He practiced on Monday. Yeah, Adams is a lock. Uh, the other two, I wouldn't expect. Julio, you never know. I mean, um, the fact that he was close to playing this week, at least, you know, working him out before the game, that's, that's I would hope, a positive sign. But, you know, at this point with their season going nowhere, is he going to risk going out there and re-injuring himself? Um, Godwin, you know, who knows? I mean, it's been a frustrating season. Okay. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey to Sean Jackson? I would imagine Alshon is going to be close this week. You know, he was dealing with an illness as opposed to the foot injury. So the Eagles really messed this up because had they put him on the pup list, he would have missed six weeks. And if he's out this week, that's week six. So they did themselves a disservice by not putting him on the pup list. So my guess is it's probably more the illness than the foot because there was reports he was close last week. Deshaun Jackson, who knows? Um, and you got to I thought Deshaun to, was close last week. I, I thought he was as well. So, you, you know, he had, uh, I think he practiced on a limited basis Wednesday and then missed Thursday and Friday. So who knows if he had a setback. 
All right, you know what, guys? Usually at this point in the show, we do the uh, top three at each position. Um, but let's just go right to the waiver wire and start talking about some more players here. Okay, you need a quarterback this week. We mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who else are we talking about, Jamie? Um, well, first of all, there's the check to see if available list of 72% or, or these players are rostered in 72% of leagues or more. There's Tannehill. He's playing tonight, but he also gets Houston. Um, Matthew Stafford. Well, the order you have it is, I'm sorry, is Bridgewater, Minshew, Stafford, and Tannehill. Bridgewater, well, that's Minshew, the order Stafford, of Tannehill. their roster percentage. Oh, so okay. the order I would I, I would put it in would be uh, Stafford one. Uh, I would go with Stafford one. Uh, Minshew. Then if you, want to, if you want to factor in the rest of the guys, I'd go Fitzpatrick two. Oh. Then Tannehill, then Minshew, then Bridgewater, and then Cousins. Now that's for this week. Now, if you want to go long-term, you put Dalton ahead of Cousins. Okay. Cousins kind of let us down. Well, I don't know how many people started him. 21% of leagues against the Seahawks. You have more faith in him this week against Atlanta? Did he let you down, or did the run game just dominate? He threw 39 Minnesota? passes and scored right. 17 points. So. If you told me he was going to throw 39 <laughs> passes before the game, I would have started him without hesitation. Yes. So if you tell me he's going to throw 39 passes against the uh, Falcons, I'm going to start him without hesitation. I'd it's be just, shocked if he had that many against it, Atlanta. It's uh, it's all about trusting him in this matchup, and so that's the case if you're going to buy in. Yeah, Atlanta gives up the most points to quarterbacks. Teddy Bridgewater scored 24 points. The only time that uh, a team's a team like if you count both the Bears guys, the only time that a team QB did not score 36 or more against Atlanta. That's wild. So this is going to be like a a Justin Herbert esque performance for Kirk Cousins, where he's around 200 passing yards and three touchdowns. Why do you think Ryan Tannehill is only rostered in 72% of leagues? By week uncertainty of the Titans playing. I mean, that's probably yep. what it comes down to. Okay. He gets used to why week. Stafford's at 81%. By yeah. week. And the funny thing is, like, you could pick up Tannehill now, potentially. Potentially. You'd have to drop somebody on the Bills or the Titans. But, um, you know. Uh, right. So if you locked that, lost Dak Prescott and you have Cole Beasley or Corey Davis on your roster, that's an easy move to make right. if Tannehill's sitting there. Or, or Dawson Knox, which I know a lot of people. True, Dawson Knox. Maybe Tyler Croft. <laughs> All right, but in terms of or the Laura available Croft. players, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Kirk Cousins, and then Andy Dalton gets Arizona. They have been, I mean, they haven't really been tested that much by uh, quarterbacks this year, but they've been the two, okay. The two, the two duds against them were Joe Flacco and Dwayne Haskins. Right, right. The other three quarterbacks each had, uh, all three had at least 250 and two. Derek Carr, he's on a bye, but, you know, playing really well. 24 or more fantasy points in three of his last four games. This is all six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues, so he could be a long-term option. Who would you like better long-term, Derek Carr or Fitzpatrick or Dalton? I'm I'm thinking that it's Carr. He's been playing. He played fantastic against Kansas City, and I'm wondering if he's going to be sneaky good the rest of the way, and he won't be the most popular guy off waivers, even at this position. Because people will see Fitzpatrick out there and they know that he's been good now for, I guess, four straight games. And Dalton's going to be hugely popular because he's replacing Dak. And Carr's on a bye this week. You can't use him. But this is what you talked about to open the show, Adam. You've, you've got your star quarterback on your team. Go check when his bye week is. Go see who the Raiders play on that bye week. And whether it, it's, a, it's a great matchup or an average matchup, Carr could be your guy because he might end up being really, really good. This offense has, when Henry Ruggs is on the field, this offense has been very fun to watch. Drawback of of Carr is by this week, and then I don't know if you're going to trust him against Tampa Bay in week seven. Uh, but then after that, Cleveland is a great matchup in week eight. And then the Chargers, they look like a pretty good matchup right now. We'll see how healthy they are by then. Then Denver, they've been terrible. So the schedule gets pretty good after Tampa Bay. Uh, I just want to say this before I forget. Do not only look at weekly projections uh, when you're looking at waivers. So when you go, if, if you're in a CBS league and you go to the stats play, pages and you look at the free agents, it defaults to it will default to the week six projections. You will not see Derek Carr in there. You will not see Justin Jackson in there. So you can either look at rest of season projections or what I like to do is I like to look at the weekly projections first. And then I like to hit these stats, like the uh, I like to hit the year-to-date stats and see who's actually done the best. Or then you could look at rest of season projections. But just make sure you are 
uh, toggling to a way where you can see the players that are actually on by so you don't miss them in free agency. And the other thing you could do is look at the roster trends page and go to the most rostered players. Or most viewed. Or most viewed, yeah, or most added. But most rostered players will show you if there's a player that's like 90% rostered and just happens to be available in your league. Sometimes it's like a DST or a kicker or something. Uh, That's a very helpful tool as well. Okay, there we go. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, bold prediction. This is going to be a big week for Daniel Jones against the football team. Three touchdowns. It should should have been a big week for him last week too, but he let us down. You know, he's just not playing well, but uh, I think you've seen enough of this Washington defense to know that there is an opportunity here. And obviously every fantasy manager, every league has a fantasy manager looking for a quarterback. And so if you're going to start the streaming game and you can't get Dalton and Fitzpatrick is already rostered, uh, I think he's the next best guy. You know, so a uh, cousin, I'm sorry. If you can't get Fitzpatrick or cousins and Dalton, then I think he's the next best guy. So, um, you know, hopefully this is the week, but it's been four, four games without a <laughs> touchdown. It's very difficult to do in the NFL. And he's accomplished that seven to nine fantasy points in four straight games for Daniel Jones. <laughs> okay. You could take a look at drew lock at new England. Uh, how about Kyle out Al- Kyle Allen or Daniel Jones this week? Ugh. Jones. I'll, I'll go with Jones. And how do you guys feel about Carson Wentz, 75% rostered, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield? Mayfield's interesting because they're probably chasing points, and so the targets would be up for the guys. The passing game would be up for him. Um, he's played well. He just hasn't had a lot of volume. He's been okay. He's been okay. He made some mistakes even last week. I think he had like 18 yards and two interceptions in the second half. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't confirm this, but his second half numbers, I, I think he had more fantasy points at halftime than he did at the end of the game. Um, so that's really weird for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, okay. if I could turn him into any of the quarterbacks that we've talked about, except Cousins, I would do it. You could turn him into Dalton, Dalton. Carr. Yeah, yeah. I, I would drop Mayfield for any of those three. Cool. All right, let's go to the running backs here. This won't take long. <laughs> uh, but check to see if available. Chase Edmonds, James White, Adrian Peterson. He might be available. Gets the Jaguars this week. That could be good. Alexander Madison. Have we talked about him? And Justin Jackson. And it's not in that order. That's roster percentage order. How would you rank them, Jamie? Ed, like Ed, That's Edmonds versus this shallow league, so we won't spend too much time on it. But Edmonds versus Madison is pretty interesting. Madison should go ahead of Edmonds because of the one-week scenario. But long-term, they're very similar. And long-term, if everybody is healthy, Edmonds is going to get you more fantasy production than Madison is because of his role in the passing game. So if you're just talking about lottery ticket appeal, it's Madison because of what Dalvin Cook has already done getting hurt. But both in backup roles, Edmonds has proven to be better, and that's the guy I'd rather have if you're just telling me that Kenyon Drake and Dalvin Cook are staying healthy. And Edmonds will cost you probably less than half the fab that you would need to spend to get Madison. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so I have to ask this before I forget, because I will forget. Is Josh Kelly droppable going into a bye week? I wouldn't drop him yet because we don't know how long Eckler's going to be out, and he still played a significant amount. Um, like you said, he didn't have a lot of uh, favorable touches in that game against the Saints. And the Saints' run defense is good. you know. So uh, Justin Jackson just had a really nice game. I, I think you're going to still see got, still see the two of them share touches. Uh, it, they, they had a little bit of a weird usage with them because it, it seemed like almost every time Justin Jackson got going in the first half, they took him off the field and put Kelly in there. And so I'd like to see it, you know, give each guy a chance to get in the rhythm, but I'm not dropping Joshua Kelly yet, unless I have to, you know, for Madison or, or Edmonds or one of these receivers. So it's obviously a case-by-case scenario. That was one of those games where you have to sit there and go, okay, listen, Sean Payton's won a Super Bowl. He's a brilliant offensive mind. You are Adam Azer sitting on your couch watching Monday Night Football. <laughs> but yes, they should give the ball to Alvin Kamara more and get Taysom Hill off the damn field. Uh, it's yeah. so funny because uh, <laughs> every time Taysom Hill touches the ball, I, I basically send the same tweet, get Taysom Hill out of there. And then he had the second play again where he had he got stuffed. And then it was a touchdown, and I just got inundated with, oh, you're an idiot. Yeah, uh, no, well. I'm glad he scored. Congratulations <laughs> for Saints fans. It was it was a big touchdown for your team, but you're you're wasting your best players. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback and one of the best players in football in Alvin Kamara, and you're basically saying those guys are irrelevant because all Taysom Hill is going to do is run the ball. I mean, it has to be blackmail, right? <laughs> Taysom Hill know. must have some 
photos of Sean Payton, you know, in a compromised position. And he says, if you don't play me, I'm going to, you know, send these photos out to everybody. And it has to be on third down. Speaking of bad tweets, uh, what about yours last night, Mr. Azer? Hey, I got the Saints score right. What are you talking about? (laughs) I predicted 30 to three. What I meant was 30 points and a three point win. So, you know, I think I nailed it. All right, other other running backs to pick up. J.D. McKissick, 16 catches in his last three games, at least 37 receiving yards in each game. 16 Gi- targets in his last two. I don't know if the matchups even matter. I mean, the Giants have been pretty good against pass-catching running backs, I guess. But, you know, he led the team in receiving J.D. McKissick in week five. Uh, this this so receiving core is miserable. It's absolutely miserable. It's Terry McLaurin and then a bunch of stiffs. Uh, yeah. Logan Thomas has stopped doing anything. He's got two catches his last two games if he was doing anything to begin with. Steven Sims is on IR. Dontrell Inman is just a guy. And so, you know, if you're Dwayne Haskins two games ago or the combination of Kyle Allen and Alex Smith, especially behind that offensive line when those guys were running for their lives, it's get the ball out quick. And so you've seen Antonio Gibson and McKissick and their role in the passing game continue to grow. And McKissick is basically what you think of guys like James White and Tariq Cohen and Theo Riddick and those type of players. Obviously, it's a sliding scale based on how the performance has gone for those guys and how it will go for McKissick. But he is going to be a non-factor in non-PPR leagues, but he's going to be somebody that you can use as at least a flex in PPR. And so for the desperate fantasy manager that is down, all the running backs we're missing from bye weeks this week, again, with the four teams on a bye, and then with the injuries, he's not bad to get you that 7 to 10 PPR points, hopefully a little bit better, but he's averaged nine over the last two weeks. And so that's not going to crush you if you're stuck. Okay. So I'm assuming you drop like Cordell Patterson for McKissick. Yes. Oh yes. God. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, like you're dropping, it's not a, you know, the, the thing with, uh, with doing this, like I have to put players to drop. Um, it's very difficult to say, drop some of these guys that are owned in a lot of leagues, like JK Dobbins in a redraft league is probably easy to drop, but the, like me telling people to drop him two weeks from now, Mark Ingram gets hurt. You're going to kick yourself for dropping right. JK Dobbins because of what the role he could have. So the guys that you're dropping, you're dropping like Jordan Howard, who was a coach's decision, not playing. You're dropping Carlos Hyde. You're dropping guys that are going into their bye week that don't really matter too much, but we can't sit here and say, pick up your handcuffs or somebody else's handcuff and say, drop, you know, a guy like Dobbins, for example. So um, it's, it's, it's a little tricky. Like same thing with Joshua Kelly, same thing like Dearness Johnson. People may be frustrated with him. After one week, oh yeah, we, would you drop Dearness Johnson for JD McKissick? If you need guaranteed production, then yes. Mm-hmm. But you know, Cream Hunt gets hurt, you're going to regret that. Okay, yeah, and if Gibson gets hurt, I don't think JD McKissick is necessarily going to have. Well, a he's huge already ball. the number two receiver in Washington, right? And if if Gibson gets hurt, he might challenge to be the number one. No, but I mean, he's not going to get a ton of a ton more. He might get more carries, but he's not going to be a ball like a. Uh, he's not going to no, be a ball not, carrier, a no, reliable ball right. carrier. Okay, right. let's let's get through running back here and spend more time on receiver and tight end. Uh, we haven't even given tight. Real, give me some tight ends. And we'll get back to it. Give me some tight ends. The three to look for this week are Jimmy Graham, just based on what he's done. He's obviously touchdown or bust. And then the other two would be Irv Smith and Trey Burton. And that's assuming you can't find some of these guys that are in the 70 to 80% range of Mike Kosicki, TJ Hawkinson, uh, Jared Cook, even going into his bye week, you know, those type of guys. But for the ones that are readily available, Graham's bordering on the threshold. But Irv Smith gets the Falcons, and he just had his season high in targets and catches. I know that sounds very similar to what happened with Ian Thomas going into the Falcons game, but Irv Smith is a little bit more of a playmaker. And then... For Trey Burton, two games that he's played, he's got 11 targets in those two games, and he's essentially working as the number two receiver slash best tight end. So Molly Cox is also hurt. Uh, those are the three that I would look at. What about Austin Hooper? Rostered in 57% of leagues, has 17 targets in the last two weeks. And he's played well. He's averaging 12 PPR points over those two games. The problem is in the first three games, he could scored a combined 12 PPR points, and he gets the Steelers this week. So I don't know if you really want to buy into him as a one-week replacement. If he comes out of that Steelers game playing well, he could do okay. So he's fourth for me, but I don't want to really chase mm-hmm. those two games. One was against Dallas, and then you know against the Colts, they were they were banged up, and he was a little bit more involved than we've seen. It's a gross position again. This is another one that you don't feel great about, but I'm with you on Graham and Irv Smith at the very least ahead of Hooper. Gerald Everett, 7% rostered. I mean, you know, again, you're talking about a very heavy uh uh, a very offense that's heavy with a lot of players, players and playmakers. And, you know, he did have the 90 yards receiving, but it was on four targets. So, you know, is he somebody that's going to see five plus targets even with Higby still there? 
So he's he's on the list, but he's not at the top of the list for me. To say that you would take Herb Smith, well, this is just going to be our tight end segment. To say that you would take Herb Smith over Austin Hooper, um, before last week at Seattle, where Smith had five targets, four catches, 64 yards, he had two catches on six targets the entire season. So I know that the matchup is definitely better. Falcons allow the second most fantasy points to tight ends. They're horrible. They just gave up three touchdowns to Robert Tanyan two weeks ago. Um, but like Hooper... He had ten. To, he had what seventeen targets in his last two games. Is that right. Same as Odell Beckham. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, just yeah, a, you don't feel good about any of these no. guys. When Jimmy Graham is at the top of the list, it's a crappy list. And he doesn't have a good matchup this week. The Carolina has actually been pretty solid against tight ends, and he's got one game with more than thirty-three yards. The thing you are getting with Graham is a ton of red touchdowns. zone targets, ton of red zone targets. Yeah, and touchdowns, right. right? And that's. I think that's what you're going for with Irv Smith too. Is that you're hoping he is the one that gets. A target or two inside the ten. Are you bailing right. on Dalton Schultz or Eric Ebron? Ebron, no, because the matchup is good, and Schultz not yet. I'd be looking for alternatives for Schultz, but I would still hold Schultz. If either of those guys were my only tight end, I'd want to pick up another tight end. Yeah, I'm thinking if either of those guys is your second tight end, do you drop them for Chase Claypool or Miko Hardman or Ebron oh, for sure? Easy. Ebron for sure. Well, Schultz, it's harder to do, but if he's your worst guy on the bench, then yeah. But Ebron, if like, se- Ebron, if I'm sorry. Your second tight end, then yes. Ebron got six targets, which is not bad, and he's in the middle of this great stretch of games. Right. Like he still does have a great matchup this week against the Browns. They give. Yeah, up- but if he makes mistakes and Claypool doesn't, they're basically they could be utilized similarly. And if anything, Claypool could be have more versatility to his game than Ebron. You think does. Claypool's a better blocker than Ebron? <laughs> Like Probably I don't think so. Not. Like he's still a tight end. But he's this isn't a out. team that needs a ton of blocking. They're they're doing a good job throwing the ball. Yeah. All right. Uh, so those are your tight ends. I'll recap it. Jimmy Graham would be the best one, um, followed by. Uh, sorry, who is second on? Irv Smith, Irv Smith, Trey Burton, and Austin Hooper. Yeah, Burton. Burton is pretty interesting, I suppose. So are we done with Mo Ali Cox? Yeah, he's hurt, and so you know you look at what he's done in the two games that Burton has been back. He's touchdown or bust. And, you know, for the way Phillip Rivers is playing, it's, you know, the fact that Frank Reich five weeks into the season is already fielding questions about benching Phillip Rivers shows you where Rivers is at. Okay, I got three sleeper tight ends. One is Gronkowski uh, against Green Bay. One is Chris Herndon going back to his college field where I believe Travis Homer, Jamie, scored a touchdown when he went back to that field. I know you love the homecoming stories. Chris Herndon. At the Dolphins. And then, if Jordan Akins is out again, Darren Fells. A, I don't really believe it with Hernan, by the way. But um, a Houston tight end has caught a touchdown in three of five games. The Titans have allowed a touchdown in every game they've played. They've only played three so far, so maybe they'll make it four for four tonight. Um, these are sleepers. Gronkowski's obviously on a, in a, on a different level. but I like the Fells call, but it really does come down to whether or not Akins yeah. plays. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about wide receivers here? Other than Chase Claypool... Jamie, who are three players we're looking at? Christian Kirk. You know, his play the last two weeks is starting to tick up. I think it's 12 targets in those two games. And he had a nice performance against the Jets. He scored the week before. So hopefully the guy that we were looking to get as the second receiver for the Cardinals is starting to emerge after battling some injuries early in the season. And then I'll buy back into Preston Williams. You know, again, looking at uh, the first four weeks of the year, it's been a disappointment for him. But you saw some signs of life. And, you know, hopefully the knee is starting to get healthy. A lot of it has to do with the matchup against the Jets, too. So I think you're going to see with Fitzpatrick playing at this level. Um, I didn't see this until this morning, but apparently the Palm Beach Post reported that Chan Gailey said going into the week that they're going to try and ramp up Preston Williams. And so it leads to his best game of the year against the 49ers. So that could be the jumping off point for a guy that we were excited about coming into the season. Okay. Claypool, Kirk, Williams. Kirk gets the Cowboys. They, they're they giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. Typically, it's one wide receiver. Um, so it should be a huge game for Hopkins, but you saw Lockett and Metcalf have big games at the same time. Preston Williams, on the other hand, is facing a Jets team in their last two games. Huge game by Patrick, touchdown by Judy. Um, then Hopkins and Kirk both had good games, so the Jets are a mess right now. Uh, interesting names on this list, Nikhil Harry, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Travis Fulgham. Probably talk about him. Matchup kind of stinks for Fulgham against the Ravens, fifth Fifth best against wide receivers. 
um, Tim Patrick. Dave, what do you think about this, this group here? And then we should get into the Jaguars as well because you have some opportunity there if DJ Chark misses the game for guys like Keelan Cole, Chenault, obviously, if he's available. But uh, again, uh, Nikhil Harry facing Denver. They have allowed 80. Listen to this. Denver has allowed 81 yards or a touchdown to eight wide receivers in four games. Alshon, Fulgham, Tim Patrick. Let's start with them. What do you think about them? I like Patrick. I guess I'm okay with Harry. Patrick would be my favorite of the group just because there's long-term appeal as well as if if he's taking on the Patriots without Stephon Gilmore, I like his chances to have a decent game and there will be better games ahead. And he's getting a good quarterback there. We don't know who Nikhil Harry's quarterback is going to be. I'm not sure that even matters. It'd probably be better, obviously, if it were Cam, but it's not like he's been on fire with Cam anyway. And Fulgham had a good game. He scored in two straight, but we've already talked about how Philadelphia might get Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson back. It might push Fulgham into a smaller role. He basically was like a big-bodied outside receiver that they they thought they were going to... Like, when they drafted Arcego-Whiteside, they thought that's what they were going to get, and instead they get it with Fulgham, who they pick up off the scrap heap. I don't... Uh, he needs those other receivers to be off the field in order to right. be the volume type of wideout. So I'm not that excited about him. He is the... Uh, I was reading this this morning. Fourth player since the 1970 merger and first since Anquan Bolden in 2003 to have at least 10 catches and 150 receiving yards in one of his first five career games. Wow. So very impressive performance for him. But again, it's like Chase Claypool light. Don't chase those numbers because they're going to be bad against the Ravens. And if those guys return, the one thing about Harry, I will say is uh, in three of the four games, he has at least six targets and you got Julian Edelman and nothing else in his passing game. So I think Harry's, uh, outlook is very, very bright moving forward and somebody that you can get a lot of good production at while you still get him a little cheaper this week because not everybody's going to be chasing him going into their waiver wire. Mm. Did we, I'm sorry if we brought him up, but Mike Williams. Yeah. Mike oh, Williams in this, uh, group as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at, uh, Keenan Allen and we don't know how long he's going to be out, but the fact that they're on a bye week I would right. imagine gives Keenan Allen the time to get healthy, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you see what Justin Herbert is doing. He's been fantastic. And so Mike Williams coming off a very strong game against the Saints, just not a lot of targets, but um, you know, when the ball was thrown in his direction, he, he certainly made some key contributions with the touchdowns and the big catch there to set up uh, what could have been a game winning field goal. And are you interested in two deep, deep, deep stashes? Yeah, but I think we have some shallow, hold that thought because we have other players that could help this week. Um, Well, first of all, LaVisca Chenault and Miko Hardman are among the players that might be available. Chenault, 76%. Uh, Hardman, 68%. Uh, how about Brandon Cooks in that group? If you saw yep. Hardman, Chenault, Cooks, who's your favorite? Cooks. Hardman by far. And then Chenault. And I put T. Higgins in there too because if A.J. Green's going to miss time, you saw what Higgins was doing when A.J. Green was on the field. And so, you know, those those three guys for me are the top wide receivers to look at this week along with Claypool. And then Cooks is right there also. But I don't want to chase just the one big game against the Jaguars because I think that could be a mistake as well. Well, but this was the first game without Bill O'Brien calling plays, and he got more involved. He looked good. He played well. And Watson clearly had no time going back to him. I don't mind taking the chance on Cooks. Keeping up uh, double-digit targets per game, no. But being involved as much as Will Fuller, which is kind of what we were expecting a little bit from Cooks when we were drafting, I, I think I could see it, and he's got rest of season appeal. For sure. Totally agree. Okay. I just how, take him behind those other guys. Though. How many of these guys would you take ahead of Chase Claypool? Chenault, Ruggs. Okay. Yeah. Ruggs, Chenault, Higgins, Marvin Jones, Brandon Cooks, Miko Hardman. How many of them ahead of Claypool? Hardman, Higgins, and Chenault. None. Claypool will be my first waiver claim. Wow. I think I can get one of those other guys with my second waiver claim. Okay, but but fine. Um, however, let's just say that wasn't the case, and you're just ranking them. How many do you like better than Claypool rest of season? Ruggs, Chenault, Higgins, Marvin Jones, Brandon Cooks, Miko Hardman. Or, or not even necessarily rest of season, but like immediately because Hardman, you know. But it, those are different conversations because somebody like Hardman, like I get where Jamie's coming from and I pretty much agree with him. I'd rather have Hardman in my lineup next week than Claypool. Okay, so would you drop LaVisca Chenault for Claypool? Would you drop T. Higgins for Claypool? See, it's funny because I'd rather have Claypool in my lineup next week if Deontay Johnson's out. Then Hardman? Yep. Yeah. 
Okay. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't quite feel Answer that Answer that question, please. Chenault and Higgins, would you drop either for Claypool? I'd feel better. I don't feel good about dropping either of those guys for Claypool. Chenault would probably be the first one I would drop. No chance. Keelan Cole is 40% rostered. He scored. You know, this is probably a Chark thing, but the Lions stink against wide receivers. So if Chark's out, you can look at Keelan Cole, maybe Chris Conley in a super deep league. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I am interested to see what he can do as a number two receiver. I do not think he's a number one receiver, but he was a lot better with Devontae Adams. Uh, Sterling Shepard, I don't think he's necessarily going to play this week based on what I read this morning, but he's 43% rostered, and this was a guy you were taking, you know, was around 100th overall, 120th overall, something like that. So Shepard, eligible to come off IR. Mike Williams, Jeff Smith got 11 targets. That's cool. Um, didn't do much with it, but that's 20 targets for Jeff Smith in two games, and he's rostered in 3% of leagues. Yeah, so many of those targets were terrible throws from Flacco. <laughs> Nelson you might Aguilar, find this hard to believe, 9%. but Joe Flacco is not a good quarterback. He's, oh. he's done. He's oh. washed. Hey, game is on tonight. No positive tests for the Titans. That's good. And good. A.J. Brown is going to play tonight. And Dave, good. who are your deep st- deep stashes? A Khalif Raymond, who will watch tonight. Remember, Tennessee is real thin at receiver because both Cole, Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys are on the COVID list. So he's going to end up being their number two receiver, which might make him third in targets because John is going to be there doing his thing. But deep threat, good speed. They'll take a couple of chances with Khalif Raymond. And then Tyler Johnson had six targets for Tampa Bay, and he could end up being their number two receiver, at least in the short term, until Chris Godwin comes back. Jamie, is it easy to prioritize Travis Fulgham over Greg Ward if you're just looking at Eagles receivers? Yeah, I mean, you see the upside. You know, Greg Ward had a good game a few weeks ago. But, I mean, look, I I think you're just chasing these guys because, A, they're going to struggle if they're the two guys, again, against Baltimore because of what Baltimore's defense is. And, B, there's going to get reinforcements coming back for the Eagles. And in a couple weeks, Jalen Rager should be back as well. So I don't want to chase those performances from these two guys knowing what's coming for the Eagles. We have said, because it's a Claypool show, we have said chase so many times today. <laughs> um, I I do want to know how you guys feel about Rob Gronkowski, by the way. You know, six targets last week, 52 yards, looks terrible. But is he a tight end that needs to be held on to? Held on to? Sure. I mean, you know, when we're looking at maybe downward turns for Dalton Schultz, uh, Eric Ebron, not necessarily the most consistent producer. You have... Uh, you know, the concern over Hayden Hurst and the way he's performed and what's going to happen with this offense. So, yeah, Gronk with, uh, without Chris Godwin and without uh, O.J. Howard, the first game was moderately encouraging. Better in PPR yeah. than non-PPR. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Like, there, there's going to be a game Sorry. where he eventually scores and then people will rush back to Rob Gronkowski. I don't know. I don't think he's ever going to resurge as a must-start fantasy tight end. DSTs, Dolphins, Packers, Giants. Dolphins get the Jets. Packers are at Tampa Bay. And the Giants get Washington. Um, do you dare trust the Panthers' I, defense against Chicago? Actually, I was going to say, like, do you dare trust the football team against Jameis Jones and that terrible defensive I mean, they should be able to get four sacks or more. Which, which DST do you like better in that lousy game, Giants football team? I actually Giants. think... I, I think the Washington offensive line is worse than the Giants offensive line. Yeah, but the Washington pass rush is better than the Giants pass rush. The Giants just lost That's their true. best pass rusher. Yeah, Carter is season. done. Yeah. Uh, I, I still would go with the Giants, but it's really close. They're both really, really like crappy streaming choices. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's another week of kind of lousy options. It's disappointing. You, you, you may see, aside from Claypool, the Dolphins DST the most added player unit this week and you know what they're finally like fully truly healthy in the secondary because at the beginning of the year Xavier Howard wasn't healthy then Byron Jones got hurt and that's the supposed to be their strength their two cornerbacks so that's good uh kicker streamers Rodrigo Blankenship you didn't mention because he's 76% rostered but this guy's awesome 15 field goals in five games get Blankenship Mason Crosby's been having a really good year he's 45% rostered for the Packers Young Way Koo Matt Prater. All right. Jason Sanders. Get Jason, Jason Sanders, Sanders on the list. Sure. I've got two things before we go. I got the drop meter and I've got eight emails in four minutes. So let's go to the drop meter first. Zero to 10 on the drop meter Teddy Bridgewater, assuming you picked him up last week, 
um, for a streamer, do you think he's a must roster or is he just waiver wire guy? Teddy Bridgewater. I'd put him at a five. I would like the other quarterbacks that we talked about rest of season ahead of him. Dalton. I'm not, I'm not dropping him. If I just lost, if I see Dak Prescott fantasy manager looking for quarterbacks, I try to trade him first. Yeah. Do that first, but I'd rather have those other guys rest of season. Russell Gage. Drop. He's a 10 in non PPR and a six in PPR. Jarek McKinnon. Hold. Agreed. Zero. By the way, we should have, we could have a new game called hold them or fold them. Okay. Team Day Tuesday. Uh, Debo Samuel. Hold. I don't want to let him go. If he's my worst player, I'm dropping him for any of the receivers or running backs that we talked about today. So call that a four. Brandon Ayuk. Same, four. Hold. Yeah. Dave, I do appreciate you giving numbers. I, I do. I do. Uh, Dalton Schultz. Hold. Four. Mo Alley Cox. Drop. Fulgham. Dump. Okay. Uh, here's eight emails in four minutes. This is from someone. I have both Hayden Hurst and Dalton Schultz. Who should I drop to pick up Madison? Uh, Schultz. Drop Schultz. Mm-hmm. Okay. From BT. I oh, I, I don't love either one, man. <laughs> but I guess Schultz is the one you go up. This is from first. BT. How are you? That's I'm good. How are you? Yeah, yeah. I, he's good. Would you trade Hayden Hurst for TJ Hawkinson? Yes. Yup. In a heartbeat. Yeah. This is from Matt in NorCal. Dear Bill, Matt, Brian, Romeo, Charlie, and Josh. That would be the Patriots coaching tree. What did you say? Belichickians. Belichickians. Oh, yeah, there you go. I have the top waiver wire. I have to decide between Andy Dalton, Kyler Murray is my starter, and... Yeah, Kyler Murray's my star. Andy Dalton, Chase Claypool, or holding it and waiting for another week to use the top priority. Don't do it for Dalton, because that's a waste. Right. Uh, if you need receiver help, then take a chance on Claypool, but I probably... Otherwise, you hold wait. it. Yeah, no, right. he has Hopkins, Ridley, and Michael Thomas. He's good. Yeah, wait. Wait. Uh, Champ Grinder says, in this environment, fantasy leagues need to go to waivers on Wednesday, then open the rest of the week. Your thoughts? It's not a bad call. I mean, obviously you get, uh, you know, we may have a few more Tuesday games coming, just the nature of how the season looks. So if that's a move your commissioner is willing to make, then make it. Scott Fishbowl has been doing waivers on Wednesdays for years. A lot of leagues do it on Wednesday. Yeah, there's no problem with that. Dear Joey Chandler and Ross, this one actually comes from Chandler. So kind of interesting throwing your own name in your greeting. We'll be there for you. Yeah. Uh, support. <laughs> I've been listening every night for two years. All right, cool. I mean, where were you for the first nine years? But that's great. Thank you. Uh, grade the trade. Give up. Watching Friends. <laughs> Give that's up. Central Park. Galladay. Nice. Galladay and DJ Chark. Get Jonathan Taylor and Michael Gallup. PPR. Galladay and Chark for Taylor and Gallup. Oh, I think you're giving up too much. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you need the running back help, then it's an A. Because Galladay and Taylor are essentially a wash. And Taylor plays a more premium position that's harder to replace. So if I'm getting Taylor, I like it. If I'm losing Taylor, I don't like it. If you can downgrade from either of the receivers, you can do it. Okay. John from Cincinnati. I had Dak. Can you rank these guys in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues? Bridgewater, Herbert, Tannehill, Carr, Fitzpatrick, Dalton. Bridgewater, Herbert, Tannehill, Carr, Fitzpatrick, Dalton. Dalton is a distant last. He's not last, but he's not first. It's Herbert, Carr, Lawnmower. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Tannehill, Dalton, and then Fitzpatrick. What about Tannehill? Give me the names again. Yeah. Herbert won. Bridgewater, Tannehill, Carr, Fitzpatrick, Dalton. Herbert, Tannehill, Fitzpatrick, Carr, Bridgewater, skip about 10 spots, Dalton. <laughs> okay, I'd put Dalton ahead of Bridgewater. Rob wants to know who you like better rest of season, Mahomes or Rodgers? Mahomes. Mahomes. Uh, he, he only asked because Rodgers does not have a bye. It's a decent point. It's a fair point, and Rodgers is getting Devontae Adams back. He actually has more fantasy points than Mahomes so far based on the games that they played, points per game. But I still like Mahomes better. And Jack Actually, wants I have, a, us- I have a fun bet with Pete Prisco. I won't tell you what the uh, oh. 
the bet is for. There you go, drink. Um, so he has been deadly accurate on the season so far for Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. And he said in the middle of the game for Seattle, Minnesota, that Russell Wilson is just lost the MVP. So I bet him, I'm surprised he took it. He gets Allen and Rodgers for MVP. I get the field. Oh my God. And then Wilson <laughs> rebounds and has the second half. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> so yeah, I get Wilson good. and Mahomes. If it's just those two right. versus Rodgers and Allen, I like my chances a lot. Yeah, I like that. Dude, that fourth down catch by DK Metcalf was so was awesome. amazing. That whole drive was just incredible. Uh, you Whenever know, you see Russell circle, it's the mm-hmm. best thing. Yeah, it's right, great. Right, 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 right. great. I, the last two games, Sunday and Monday night, were, were I, I thought Monday night was like a boring, exciting game. But the, I think if we had fans at those games, those are the t- probably the two best yes. atmospheres in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Just would have taken it to another level. It was a shame. Uh, yeah. Last trade here. Grade the trade from Jack. Give up Mixon and Gallup. Get Godwin and Gaskin. Mixon and Gallup for Godwin yeah. and Gaskin. I like the Godwin-Gaskin side. That is a C. Oh, that's a B plus. Okay. Good Good job, guys. Good show. Sorry we didn't get to recap the Saints game. Um but both those teams are going on a bye, so who cares about them? We'll talk Quick to update, you. update, Adam. Dalvin Cook not expected to play this week. Oh, let's do the show Unload over. Unload the chamber. Do the show over. <laughs> oh, uh, I forgot to promote our new podcast. Uh, it's called... We should do an emergency podcast right now since nobody's going to Golazzo. It. It's a daily <laughs> soccer podcast. Gambling previews, immediate match recaps, reaction, all the latest news from the Champions League to the Premier oh, League. Oh, my. To he Americans may miss a lot of time. In Europe and... What? He may miss a lot of time. He has an adductor strain, according to a source. This is uh, from Kegelazzo is the name of the podcast. Go ahead. Chad Graff of The Athletic. He could miss uh, Vikings have a bye, and then we'll reevaluate Cook if ready to return. Hello, Madison. Okay. Let's go. All right. Things are looking My up for me in the Madison. 2QP, the, or the, the IDP League. Thanks for listening, everybody. There's a million things I haven't done. <laughs> but just you wait. Just you wait till I hug you with me. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com.